Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Irish Illustrated Insider, brought to you by irishillustrated.com. I'm Tim Parisi with Pete Sampson and Tim O'Malley, and this is officially the Blue Gold Game preview podcast, although we're not going to talk about the game a whole lot because it's an individual thing. But the format, uh, it's offense versus defense. Yeah, it's offense. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, we're going to be talking offense, defense, and individuals and not actual game-like conditions uh, for those that are Close enough and thinking about coming to South Bend, the forecast is 58 degrees, 0% chance of snow, cloudy. <laughs> Which is remarkable. Oh, snow. You got to say it. <laughs> it is. We, we, had snow. we had because snow Because we had snow yesterday. So, but I, so no precipitation. I don't have a, I don't have a, uh, uh, how hard the wind is going to be blowing it in Notre Dame Stadium. But uh, pretty cut, for everything, with everything we've experienced this spring, that's a pretty damn good forecast. Yeah, I mean they're going to finish with one, I think two practices outside all spring, and the second one hasn't even occurred yet. Yeah, Friday when they practice, and then the game itself. So, yeah, but I mean Tim, you're right. It's, it's a way to watch individuals go against other individuals, and what it's like whether the play was successful or not. There's a million other things you can watch to sort of ascertain, like, okay, this is something that I can see developing, this is a strength, this is a weakness, so on and so forth. I will say that this is a better format as opposed to, like, drafting teams and mixing things up. You can go one defense versus one offense, two defense versus two offense, and vice versa, whatever you want to do. Uh, And that's beneficial because then I I wrote a thing in my my Thursday thoughts today about the offensive line being mixed up. But with that format, it won't be – so you have you actually have your new newly configured offensive line, which has had a couple different looks this spring, but it appears that they've settled on a look right now, and that can go against your starting defensive line, and and that'll be a good indication of of who made progress here this spring. Yeah, I think you're not going to get a whole lot from the best players in this game. I don't want to see. Yeah, I don't want to be protected. Tavon Coney and Drew Tranquil. We don't really need to see how much they're going to do on Saturday. And obviously the quarterbacks can do a lot because they're in red jerseys. So you can keep the quarterbacks out there, um, which just makes it entertaining for the fans and makes the game a little prettier when you have your starting quarterback. Tranquil's the guy that... He should play about a snap. I mean, I just don't... (laughs) You know, and I realize he's playing a new position, but... He's a very smart kid. He knows how to play football. You can put him just about anywhere. Well, not at safety, but... Um, which is why he's a linebacker now. But uh, uh, I don't want to see too much of him tomorrow, and I would I would think that they would be careful with a few guys. Good chance for fans to see Gilman, uh, Koromoa. There's a lot of people out there that, yes. you know, redshirt freshman you hear about and, mm-hmm. and a guy like Gilman that it's your first shot to see him, and you're going to see plenty of Avery Davis. And if healthy, he's battled through it this spring, so I wouldn't know how much time he'll get even if he is totally healthy. But Jafar Armstrong would be a curiosity. Yeah, we're, I, in, any one of the running backs I think we're interested in. In, in seeing it. starters yeah. included, frankly. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And boy, I, I, the last thing you want to see is Dexter Williams or and or Tony Jones Jr. limping off the field with an ankle sprain. <laughs> Not that it will matter because you're going into 
you're going into off season in summer, but um, that would be disappointing. I think in terms of uh, yeah, Eichenberg, Okendiji is one. I mean, really all the matchups safe, there. The look at too. I mean, it's like for the defense to sort of be mentally with it with Clark Lee. Is everyone getting lined up properly? I mean, there are some bigger picture type things, but yeah, it's I. I mean, the thing that I'm most interested to see, can Brandon Wimbush take the Saturday that we saw last week and have it be the Saturday that we see this week? First time in a stadium with people in it since he got benched in the Citrus Bowl. Now, you know, he he performed well with the coaches' clinic, but not quite the same thing. And it, obviously the spring game is not like a, like a real game. But first time back in there and... You know, I don't know that he'll be able to duplicate what he did last Saturday because it's a hell of a lot easier going 7-on-7, 11-on-11, and it's not full contact. If, I don't know if nerves is the right word, but there's any mental issue with Brandon Wimbush in the spring game in a red jersey, then yeah, what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> That's the point. He better what hit, we he better hit his passes in this game. I mean, they, they both better hit their passes. I want, to see, I want to see a safety interception. Off of who? I was yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I, I wrote about that today because you'd hate to see it against Brandon Wimbush per se, but I'll actually I'll take that. I'd like to see a Houston Griffith pick. That's that's my that's my uh, um, he is certainly interceptor of the for the fans game. to watch Houston Griffith because he's the early enrollee that got a lot of work in the spring, so he's ready to go. Yeah. I know people want to see the the linebackers are going to play in the second half, the three early enrollees because they that's the only way you get rid of your starters is to play them. They just—they might not look as good as a guy like Houston Griffith, who is will have no—he he can just go play football because yeah. he's been gotten plenty of reps. I think break. the role, you know, the entire like we said, running back, the entire rover position. How does Bilal do? How does uh, Koromoa do? How does Isaiah Robertson do? There hasn't been a lot of talk about Isaiah Robertson making that move over there. I guess there hasn't been a lot of talk about Koromoa either, but. Uh, you know, you'd like to see that position to be productive, and I'm not sure that their understanding of the position is where it needs to be, certainly at, at number two and number three. I feel like it's second-string guys in the first half is what you get out of this, right? Because in the second half, and once you hit the fourth quarter of the running clock, it becomes well, a little just weird. Once you get I'm, in, I'm yeah. a hard so stop at halftime. Second-string like guys in the first half. Everybody involved. Everybody involved is looking at that running clock, yeah. man. From from coaches to refs to media, I don't know about fans, but I think everybody that's uh, that's working the game has an eye on that running clock. Look at that clock go. Not that I mean, you know, not that no, we the don't first enjoy half is fun. And then yeah, it is. Not that, just don't get hurt. Right. Yeah. Not that we we don't enjoy it. We savor every minute that we have when when we're at practice. You just don't want an injury in the final ten minutes of a scrimmage. Yeah. So once at the beginning of the scrimmage, it could have happened at the beginning of a regular practice. It's just you, this is time to get them off the field at that point. It's a smart thing to do. It's better than canceling the spring game. Right? Uh, it true. is, which has happened uh, yeah, in Michigan. And who else, who else canceled? I think was it Illinois. Um, I don't know, a lot of Midwest schools last week. Yeah. For the record, uh, Jalen Elliott did have an interception in last year's spring game. Portent. In case you haven't committed that to memory. <laughs> wow, that was, <laughs> was not. that was quite a springboard into the fall. Yeah, Dexter Williams led the team at uh, 10.7 yards per carry, though, which was indicative of where things were going. Yeah, on four carries, which would be yeah. perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's the individual matchups. Uh, I think the offensive line from the position group is the most intriguing position for me um and then like i said the defense just just line up i'd like to see the indications that this is continues to be a, a well-coached defense right i think absolutely we'll see that <laughs> the defensive line should win against 
the number one defensive line should win against the number one offensive line. Yes, it should. I kind of, and in some ways, like I hope that it will. I feel like that would be a good sign. Yeah, they don't have Bonner. He won't play, and I mean he can't. No. Yeah, so there's one <laughs> starting nose tackles out. So yeah, I mean I guess if it's Heinish, he he does. Heinish will well. be fine. I do too. Yeah. They don't have. That. Yeah, I guess I they're think, down two guys from what we thought. You know, I mean, think about think about this: number two offensive line against number two defensive line. That number two defensive line should Kill destroy. Them. Yes, that would be something I yeah. think they would really handle them. You may have to get some offense just to have a functioning game. Other than Mustafer <laughs> and Bars, you're gonna have to play your offensive lineman for a while. You you can't. Yeah, just yeah, be yeah. out there for a half, yeah. and then play the twos in the second half. I think that I think that'd be fine. That's I mean that sort of gets back to why you would never split up the teams with this particular roster. You couldn't. Couldn't have a functional no, offensive line. It'd be You're sort right. of a wasted practice. You, you what Brian Kelly said about three Augusts ago. He wishes the spring game was in August. Hmm. That was a great point. You have well, you have more players. So, Maybe what do you think? That's fair. I mean, what are you more optimistic about after the spring? And I mean, you know, we don't. We generally, I know, I don't generally change. I don't my yeah. entire opinion based upon four open practices in the, in August. And certainly not in the spring. There, there are individuals and tweaks here and there. Or hey, that that aspect might be a little bit better than anticipated. But I mean, as a whole, you know, you're not going to have 40 players that are vastly improved no. since the end of last year. I guess adding guys like Griffith to a weak position, he's a promising player. Mm-hmm. He's not going to start against Michigan, but I'm saying you have a guy there that you could. He would have worked. Houston Griffith would have found a way to start last year by the end of the year, right? The way they were playing mm-hmm. at safety. Maybe, yeah. I mean, he sort of been in the rotation. Yeah, would have been, yeah, he would have gotten into the rotation. Yeah, I think he would have bumped out stud still for those sure. 13 reps a game. Um, seeing guys healthy. I didn't think Brock Wright would be able to contribute at all in the spring with shoulder surgery as a tight end. He got healthy. Well, I end. didn't know. I mean, Claypool had shoulder surgery in, and I don't know. The December, about the same, yeah. same time. Right. But the, but the degree was like cleanup, like minor for Claypool. Brock, Claypool Wright, Brock Wright was like a car accident. Right. right. Claypool was going to play if that was the playoffs, they said. Yeah. Right. And what is it? You think he'll be full? I mean, he has been full contact, right? So So he'll he'll be full contact. I keep saying tomorrow on Saturday. Yeah. So so who's MVP? You got an MVP? uh, It's got, I mean, Avery Davis. It's got to be, by the way. I'm all over Avery Davis. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's probably the call. I mean, I guess. Dexter Williams could just break two quick runs. Yeah, I mean, he probably could too. Uh, Ian Book, well, you know, Ian Book's going to have a really, really good day. Um, just to keep the competition competition open, at least outside the football <laughs> <Yes>. office. <laughs> he'll, he'll be a little bit effective. No, he'll play well. He played well last yeah. year. He'll play well this year. It's gonna be yeah. It's someone. It's the second line player. I mean, you get guys like Fink. I think we get to see if Jameer Smith could have a good uh, spring game. I but that's where, Davis. But that's where that's where you got the second offensive line. All right, you're right. You know, yeah. and for me, Avery Davis is going to be a component of the offense next year. But a guy like Jameer Smith or Jafar Armstrong or even Flemister, one of them is the third string running back. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because if Tony Jones enters a game hurt and Dexter Williams gets hurt, Avery Davis isn't going to line up and get 12 carries in the backfield. Now, he may find a way to touch the ball 12 times. But I think those guys are the ones, somebody has to become the third string guy, and Avery Davis is a component. Those guys are the running backs. He's going to get a jet sweep on yes, Saturday. Yes, he, yes. And, and probably on September 1st, too. Yeah. But you want to know who's going to step up. To be that third running back, because um, you know Dion McIntosh never came up last year when we talked about anything in the spring or August, and all of a sudden he's playing all the uh, time. That that entire running back position, I, I just you know I hope that 
I hope that guys like Armstrong and, and Jameer Smith can get a good look running behind the line they're, they're running behind. I think with Davis, it would also benefit the program at large if he was the MVP because then he's been like, hey, this is happening for me. Like, I'm getting reps. I'm contributing. I yeah. feel like I'm a part of what's. what's I mean, going I think he's on. already bought in, yeah. right? But, but still, that would be you know to be on a public stage and do that. Then all summer, people were like, "Wow, Avery Davis, this is a really intriguing story here. Yeah. Like this, this guy, something's happening." So that would be uh, that would be my pick. So last year, I think I, I was looking over the box where one thing that was happened. Remember how good Dalen Hayes looked in the spring game last year? Uh, LJ Mack too. Yeah, I mean, standing. so there's. Buyer beware, I think, on Saturday. That would be a, a fair statement. But there are certain guys, but starting with Brandon Wimbush, if he builds on last Saturday, then I could then I could feel like we could all sit here and say, like, something good might really be happening there. So we'll see on Saturday when the Blue Gold game gets going. It's a 12.30 start and a two-hour max on NBCSN. So it should be a yeah, quick, they'll, quick they'll, in and out. Um, do we have the rules here handy? There's a, I mean, there's a, there's a scoring no special system. teams. Yeah, there's a scoring, scoring system is for the defense. No, but there's a scoring system for the defense, and if you get, and I'm, naturally, I'm not prepared to give people that information. <laughs> if, if only we had another segment of this podcast. Yeah, I know. We had a break where you could look it up. I'm trying to look it up right now, and I'm still not finding it. All right. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back with a scoring system for the defense next. Irish Illustrated Insider. Important to know that Notre Dame plays in Winston-Salem this year as well when we look for facts. Bear with me, my first podcast. Segment two of Irish Illustrated Insider burning up the boards. But first, a continuation of segment one with the rules uh, for this weekend. Two 15-minute quarters in the first half, 12-minute quarters in the second half with a running clock. Yay. Halftime's 10 minutes long. Uh, the game can end in a tie. There's no overtime. Scoring, the, the usual for offense um, and defensively, touchdown six points. Turnover forced three points, a three and out three points. A stop? What does that mean? A third, a third down. It means they don't score. Them on third, oh, just a stop. Yeah. Okay, two points, and then a sack or a tackle for loss, one point. But of course, there won't actually be contact with the quarterback. So we're going to have to deal with, you know, blowing the whistle before a guy actually, you know, may have been sacked or, or what have you. Quarterbacks in red jerseys. Each possession begins at the twenty-five yard line. There won't be any kickoffs. All punts are fair caught. There's no fake punts. There are no I'm fake punts. No rush permitted on punts, PATs, and field goals, and no fake punts. So, I mean, that's it's standard, pretty pretty typical. And it's, you know, I think it generally, I think they've generally come up with a scoring format that works, doesn't it? I mean, it's competitive. Yeah, it only gets mildly confusing when you're there when there's a uh, defensive turnover forced on a sack. Right, but they'll three and out. But they'll <laughs> then you got to add it all up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Mike Collins will announce it. He'll have it. There's no doubt about no. that. All right. Well, let's let's uh, start with a question from Irish Jameson. What player that was a topic of spring ball will disappear from the talk come fall camp? Oh, this guy falls into like the John Turner category, where we wrote a lot about him spring and then was never heard from. Um, I don't know anybody that we've really written a lot about that would fall into that category. I will throw out a name. I'll say, and I've liked, I've really probably liked him more than any of us three is Javon McKinley, but I can see him not mm-hmm. 
He fits this question in the history of this question. If you yes. want to put it that way. Yeah, but he ha- I think he's had a good spring. Yeah. I, I really liked what he did the la- uh, last Saturday. I mean, I thought he made a couple tough catches. He made a great, difficult catch on the sideline. But there are a lot of other good <laughs> quality receivers with size that, that could you know stay ahead of him. I think it could be not a bad thing if it's one of the other rovers. If Bilal just cements himself there and then his backup is the nickel. That's not a bad thing for Notre Dame football if Owusu-Kormo is a year away and he's just a really good yeah. special teams player. Uh, it would be a bad thing if it's Ogun Deji. I, I would go... I mean, I think I'm going to go Jafar Armstrong in this one. He was banged up during spring, so he's like, I don't think they got the work that the coaches wanted him to yeah. get. And if Avery Davis takes advantage of that... Now, I mean, the answer to this actually could be Avery Davis. That would <laughs> that actually be somewhat predictable. Right. Because um, that is a, a unique set of circumstances there, but I'd say between the the two of them, it's one of them. It might even be both of them. I think I, I agree with you. But one of the most impressive individual moments that we saw in the various open practices was Jafar Armstrong absolutely plowing Dante yeah, Vaughn. I, I kind of feel like if Jafar Armstrong is healthy in the summer, it doesn't matter that they didn't get to see much in the spring. Um, Unless, it, unless he has trouble learning yeah. the playbook and where to line up and all that stuff, which has happened to running backs in the past. But I think a healthy summer might erase that. Uh, I I just feel like Avery Davis is going to have a little yeah. part in the game, so it sh- shouldn't be him. But yeah, historically, he's a guy that could easily use the spring flag. I imagine we could be overstating Houston Griffith. He's going to play special teams, but though, right? He he's will play a, special yeah. teams. You know, I, I mean, we could be, but he's looked very, very good. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Now, how, you know, how many actual reps he gets at safety with, not necessarily some, yeah. I mean, I guess you can call you can call Elliott and Coleman and Studstill. They have some playing experience. They're fairly veteran. Stormy Irish, what player surprised you the most during spring camp? Well, definitely Avery Davis. I didn't think that was a thing. I just thought it was he can't play quarterback. So let's see if a fast guy can run. He surprised me the most. That's a little obvious. Um, you know, I I thought that Elliott was terrible at the end of last year. Aside from the one practice early on, I thought Elliott's been pretty good. Mm-hmm. I think he carries himself more confidently. I think he makes more plays. He, he had a really rough practice. That t- the same practice Elsie Mack dominated. He had a really bad he practice. Was, he, he was involved. He was, he was the dominating. Yeah, he was dominating. Yeah, and I think he this I, I, he did enough for me to give him the benefit of the doubt where he hadn't played defense his whole life coming to Notre Dame. And then he had Van Gorder and had to relearn everything. And, and, and as, as they said, a safety-driven defense. And maybe maybe that impacted his play last year, that his head was swimming as a 12-game starter. Yeah, I think in terms of surprises... Um, and this can be could positive be, or negative. Yeah, because I, I feel like I, I wanted to see Dale and Hayes look like the clear second-best defensive lineman on the team. And that didn't happen um, behind Jerry Tillery. So I, that was a little bit of a surprise to me. I think offensively, um, I guess I was, I mean, with with Javon McKinley, who you mentioned for the previous question, I wasn't really sure what they had there, yeah. good, bad, or indifferent. Um, so I think I was surprised at the level of good that I saw out of him. I'm not saying he's a top four receiver on the team, because I think that's clearly Claypool, Boykin, Fink and Young, but I think if you said Javon McKinley is your fifth best receiver, I would say, okay, that's pretty good now. Whereas when the spring started, I'm not sure how I would have reacted to that. I would agree with that. I would 
and, and this is mainly the coaches saying that this is so, not necessarily anything that we've seen, but it sounds like they're coming out of the spring and they're they're convinced that Liam Eichenberg is their starting left tackle. Um, I'm a little, I'm, you know, I, I probably buried him too far after last year because he didn't, you know, as a redshirt freshman, and he didn't elevate to the starting. Just, just from reading your story, it seems that was, I mean, that, I mean, it's on him to not work as he had to do under Harry Heastamp, but it seems like that you would never guess the change is going to do someone good, right. and it looked like the change. And I think, well. yeah, and I think there's a. I think that's an example of him responding better to Jeff Quinn than he did Harry, Harry Heastan. I'm not pointing fingers at Harry Heastan, certainly, but <laughs> he got something on his line on last yeah, year. Yeah, and you know, I mean, and I mean, let's be real. We were we were probably maybe we weren't overly harsh on the selection of Jeff Quinn. We were reacting to the reaction we knew that was coming out of Notre Dame football. But Jeff Quinn has been a pretty successful offensive line coach. We were not reacting to what we know of Jeff Quinn as a technical offensive line coach at all. Right. We were only all. reacting to what we knew everybody said before. Right. They had to paint it nicely right. and start playing nice. And I converse so responded. Yeah. He's a year older, so maybe he would have anyway. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, Quinn and he stand have a little bit of different coaching styles. Quinn's a little bit more complimentary and... Some players respond to that better. Maybe Liam Eichenberg is one of those. All right, let me jump to Twitter just because I got two questions, or actually three questions about the second team linebacker, so I'll ask them lumped together. Basically, beyond Coney and Tranquil, uh, the feeling is that there's a bit of a, a bit of an uneasy feeling about what Notre Dame has behind them. How have you seen that group line up during spring ball? Well. It's a, it's a great question, and it's actually something I wrote about in Thursday Thoughts today, kind of looking ahead to 2019. And and we talked about this the other day, Pete. I mean, would you feel good about Jonathan Jones and Jordan Jim Marquis being the starting inside linebackers next year? Now, no. You would not feel good about no. that. Oh, I'm sorry. I, he meant Next year, I thought you meant next no, year, no. like in the fall. 2019? Yeah. Yeah, 2019. Yes. Yeah, because I think... I like those guys for 2019, too. I do, too. And I really liked what we've seen from Jonathan Jones. It sounds like he may have gone through a little bit of lull, according to Clark Lee, but has picked it up. And I've got a ton of confidence in Jordan Jenmar Keith, and a lot of it has to do with the long conversation I had with Rick Meyer when Jenmar Keith committed to Notre Dame, because Rick Meyer's son, Morrison, who's on scholarship for lacrosse at Notre Dame, was a starting safety with Jenmar Keith in high school in San Diego, and... You know the way my the way Rick Meyer talked about his maturity. I think he's a, he's a little bit older than the other guys in his class. We saw the physicality that that he showed in in the Citrus Bowl. I have a lot of confidence that if they move him to Buck now, he's going to be a pretty darn good Buck linebacker by the time he has to start in twenty nineteen. Still fair to say that Coney one and Tranquil two, or maybe Tillery one, guys that can't get hurt on the, on this current team right now. It would be bad if Tra- if Tranquil gets hurt. I think they'll end up moving Bilal to Buck, and that's why they cross. Tillery, because you have Tagovailoa, Mosa. I'm not saying you can afford to lose Tillery because you need Tillery to have a great year again. You just don't have the backup. But for you don't. Yeah, Tagovailoa I mean, that, Mosa, yeah. Though, it's a- right. Well, yeah, but I mean, Jonathan Jones and Jim Markeith, and when neither none of us are saying that they're ready to be starters. So you're right. I you know, but. Man, I mean, the know. corner. Uh, Julie Love is really good, but they will play with Crawford and Pride and Nick Watkins if Julie Love yeah. gets hurt. It would it'd be a drop off because he's the most productive yeah. corner they've had in the history of the program. 
point blank, <laughs> right? So it would be a drop-off, but they, those guys are good players. I think it would be tough on... And they're veteran players that have started games. Right. This would be... Last guy you want to see go down, first quarter against Michigan, is Drew Tranquil or Tavon Coney. No, yeah, that's, right. that's why I want Tranquil out of the game on Saturday. I just don't <laughs> want... With, with a guy that's had two ACLs, I just don't want to see it. One negative... Nick Watkins, I've expected to see more. And I, I no sooner said that the other day, and then he made a whole bunch of plays. But well, still, he overall... He made an within four seconds was the final Right, target. exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but I just think overall, and maybe he's still banged up, I don't I don't know, but shouldn't he have won a job this well, spring? I, the main reason I agree with you, I know Pete feels a little differently, I think he is behind Julian Love at Boundary. Because he's not going to beat out Pryder Crawford at field. And that's why Dante Vaughn, who was switched over there, who's also not going to beat them out. And they have a pecking order. He had to be taken off the boundary last year during the season. He was the starting boundary corner. Love was a starting field corner. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, he had to be taken off of it. And no one could ever tell you why. <laughs> well, no, he just struggled. You know, he got eaten alive right. against Miami of Ohio. When you ask people, though, they would never tell you why it happened. Yeah. And it's, it was clear he was taken out of the lineup because of it. So I think he is behind Love because he is not going to start this year, and Pride and Crawford will. I guess, it's, to me, that's just, look, among Love, Pride, Crawford, Watkins, logically, someone will be the fourth of those four guys. You got a whole and bunch of, fre- okay. you have a whole bunch of freshmen coming in. But none of them are going to beat out any of those four guys. They could be out of Vaughn, though. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. fine. But I'm yeah. just saying, your top four, your top four, and the, fr- the all, yeah, all these freshman right. DBs coming in, at corner at least, they're they're not touching that group. They're not even coming close. I just think that I think Watkins is a bit vulnerable. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I totally agree with you on that. Um, let's see. We're at AM 101. Given the spring focus on throwing the ball, and rightfully so, is there any concern that the offense as a whole loses a bit of an edge relative to the run game? I I'm concerned. I'm not concerned. I'm certain the running game is not going to be as good as last year. But it doesn't really have to do with the spring. Um, they weren't going to tackle the ground that much in the spring. You don't gain a whole lot of toughness reps anymore in college football in the spring. That's not really what, unless you're a new coach coming in, trying to clean house and see what you have. I think you're, it's judicious in the spring, the way they coach now. Most programs are. I shouldn't say that. I only follow one. But there's, it doesn't bring a lot to, hey, let's get outside where it's 30 degrees and let's hit each other in the spring. You're not gaining that much skill development. Now, in August, you do have to kind of get out there and test them in the heat because that's what you're going to encounter in yeah. September 1st. I'm, it's not concern. I don't think the running game is. I think the running game has lost its mm-hmm. edge. I think the edge was Nelson and McGlinchey. They were absolutely 100% forced to run the football because it was obvious. And I think the chances of it becoming they don't run enough exists again. And I'll believe that until I see them run enough. I, you know, I, to me the big difference is Chip Long. I, you know, and I'm not saying Chip Long doesn't want to throw the ball all, all over the yard at times because he does. He couldn't do that last year with Wimbush. But I do think that that's. That's the one guy, you know, we are that you, you believe know, the, run play the, action team will stay intact. Maybe not to the ex, not to the extent they're not going to rush for 270 yards. No, but a game. they're said, not going to try to rush for 270 yards. He a game. said we're a run play action team. You, as long, you kind of t- take him to his word I, on that one. I, I, I do, okay. I do, I do. Um, you know, a multiple tight end guy, he's got good tight ends to use. Yeah, they want to be able to throw it a little bit more. They, they'd like to throw a swing pass. Is that too much to ask for Kraus? That's part of the running game, Tim. 
Here, like, here's what I say about Long as it relates to the run game versus the pass game. When's the last time you saw somebody hired as a head coach who was an offensive coordinator who they who the the mo on him was like his run game schemes were amazing. I know, but it should be that never happened. It's not schemes. It's, it's not schemes. It's emphasis. Same. I. Well, so no. I got that word. No, you don't, you're right. You don't, you don't. It's like that. everyone wants to hire the hot shot passing game type guy. Yes. Um, so is there a temptation? Maybe. But Wimbush has to show that he is worth taking that right. kind of risk. And out. Wimbush rushed for 14 touchdowns last year. Sure. So, and that's a huge part of it. I think, it's a, I think it's a good question. I think it's a legitimate question. But I will say that I don't think Chip Long's going to allow that to happen. They'll throw it more if they're effective throwing it. But I don't think that they're going to uh, get away and abandon the running game um, until the second half. Until <laughs> until it's uh, until it's totally until it starts raining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why they passed so much in the spring. No. It's Hurricane Matthew, Canadian Irish one hundred and one. Last year, Elliot was heavily criticized, yet he appears to be in the running for a starting role. Have you seen improvement from him, or is it a situation where others don't know the defense well enough to push him? You've said you've seen you yeah, feel I, you've I, seen I feel I also think there's logic involved that he wasn't ready to be a starting safety last year and they didn't have anybody that could play the position. He ended up starting. Yeah. I think he got exposed because partly because he wasn't ready to be out there. You know? Sometimes it's just hard to run a defense when you've been playing defense for a year and a half and one of those years was under Brian Van Gorder teaching you. Right. Where you have absolutely no, no idea what I should be doing. Nick Coleman was went from fifth corner to starting safety because he switched positions. <laughs> it wasn't like yeah. Alohi Gilman went from Navy <laughs> starter, honorable mention All American Athletic Conference to would have started at Notre Dame. Like if that doesn't tell you what Notre Dame had and didn't have at safety, I don't. I don't really know what will. So it's like, has Jalen Elliott improved? Yes. Has the talent at the safety position improved just in terms of the raw material? Not really. I mean, Houston Griffith is a, will be a big upgrade over time, but... Gilman's an addition. Houston Griffith, Griffith in his 13th practice is not what you're going to yeah, see in his I mean, third year. Just what, what Terry Joseph said about Jalen Elliott. I mean, he is him and Gilman understand the defense better mm-hmm. than all the other safeties. That in itself is significant improvement, yeah. I would think. The Houston grip, to put a fine point on that, it took Bobby Taylor about seven games to start at safety at Notre Dame. The Houston Griffith probably isn't going to roll in there and just be a starting safety against Vanderbilt, right? I mean, it's a it's Yeah, a it was a different, I mean, it's a different game then. It wasn't nearly as complex for a safety back then. I mean, you didn't have all the you didn't have all the spread offenses and but I, I hear what yeah. you're saying. I mean, I his talent is from. I'm not Deriding Houston Griffith's talent, but Bobby Taylor's talent was astronomical. Well, he's one of the, the he's highest. One, yeah, he's one of the great DBs in Notre Dame history. Right when he walked on campus, it was well, that guy is an All American. That's different. Yeah. Houston Griffith's a good player, good looking player. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting talking to Clark Lee to get like, okay, what the heck is a safety driven defense? What does it actually mean? Is this just coach speak? And the way he explained it is like, we have to be. You're essentially the guy who's caught in conflict on RPOs. It's really hard to deal with. Um, so it's like you can't deal with it. Things don't look very good. Um, so I think I think some of the Jalen Elliott uh, missteps last year, some of them were mental, like the wrong run fit. That happened a lot. That That's something he could clean up because um, that's not really a talent issue. That's knowing where you need to be. So it seems like that's happening a little bit right now. 
Army 72, what is your comfort level with the offense at this point versus last year at the end of spring ball? How much more open is the playbook? Uh, I Less and more comfortable, somehow simultaneously at the same uh, at once. How's that? Um, like, I think that I am certainly less comfortable in the fact that I don't really know what their identity is. Um, I'm less comfortable that they don't have Adams, McGlinchey, and Nelson. And yet I'm more comfortable just based on the bits and pieces we've seen from Brandon Wimbush. I'm more comfortable than I thought I would be about the material they have on the offensive line. And I do think there's there will be some kind of year two bump about whether it be two back sets or three tight ends, like a little bit more variety in what they're doing, both because guys know the playbook a little bit deeper and you know the, there's the personnel to actually do it where they're not ideally won't get caught in a position where they're they're forced to play one way or the other due to limitations on knock on wood due to injury. The year two bump makes sense because Clark Lee talks about it on defense too. It's just it it makes sense that these guys are going to be more functional and the offense can grow a little. But it all does it all depends on Wimbush, right? You're not running RPOs and all. The, I mean, you're not not RPOs. You're not running. You're not letting Brandon Wimbush do everything in the offense if he can't prove he can do everything in the offense. Then you have to put the training wheels back on, and it becomes. Well, remember, I mean, last August we were talking RPOs, 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 and then they couldn't run them. Now I don't know that we've seen a whole lot of that this spring. Uh, but you got to believe that as Wimbush's confidence grows and he can make those throws, which he seemed to be making them last Saturday, uh, that's a huge part of the playbook that can be expanded. Chip Long was confident that they're expanding the playbook, and I don't think he was asked directly that question. So I kind of take him at face value when he says it. I don't think we asked him. No, he just volunteered. Right. We didn't, yeah, we, we didn't even, yeah. I don't even know that RPOs has... Came up and yeah. said to him. He mentioned that, and he mentioned that we have the running backs where we can have involved them in the passing game. We lost that last year due to injury. They like Tony Jones in the passing game. He got hurt. They like Josh Adams in the passing game a little. You would think Armstrong, Armstrong has a helps. natural inclination. And, and Avery Davis helps in that regard. Yeah. I don't know if Williams is really... I mean, just listen to Nick Watkins tell us he can only run two routes uh, in trash talk. <laughs> I don't know if Dexter Williams is necessarily a weapon in the passing game. And when Deshaun Kaiser posts on Twitter... A giant what when Dexter Williams catches a touchdown pass? <laughs> I think there must be something wow. in Dexter Williams's wow. pass catching we don't know about. <laughs> but, uh, I, he got a touchdown pass. Right? Why is that? Kaiser chimes in with a picture of him. What? With a what? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he must have let old Sean down. I guess a few times. <laughs> the whole like expansion of the playbook thing. Brian Kelly said himself like we couldn't throw a slant last year. So the the slant pass presumably will be in the playbook. So. A, a sort of functional Brandon Wimbush in the passing game that expands the playbook. I don't think people Boy, look at it that way, but they probably should. You know who should. throws a hell of a slant pass is Drew Pine. Oh, Drew Pine. Okay. <laughs> Deep cut. <laughs> so when he's the quarterback five years from now, <laughs> yeah. he'll be there. Be head coach Chip Long at that point. <laughs> well, if he runs the ball. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Is that a wrap for Irish Illustrated yeah. Insider Blue Gold Game Preview and talk about? Lots of other stuff as spring practice wraps up. We'll be returning on Monday uh, to talk about everything that we saw and learned on Saturday with the Blue Logan game. So until then, Tim Priester, Tim O'Malley, I'm Pete Sampson. Thanks for listening. <laughs>